0: and make a case, and there are other times when you are simply trying to share your own skills, your own background, to someone who might be able to give you a job. Certain professions call for public speaking, lawyers, doctors, people in the military, clergy, all kinds of salespeople, people who either need to sell themselves or a product or an idea. All of these are folks who are going to need to be effective public speakers. And that means just about everyone. This skill is often devalued. Lots of people think that public speaking is something that you shouldn't think about. That it's rhetoric or mere oratory. These are considered pejorative terms. Rhetoric is supposed to be fancy verbal flourishes that hide meaning rather than convey it. It's nothing of the sort. Rhetoric is as noble an art as exists on this planet. Rhetoric is the art of clothing in words and in gestures and in presentation to a group the ideas that you have in the most effective way possible. That's what rhetoric is. That's what oratory is all about. That's the skill we're going after in this course. The fact that you are here means that you are concerned about your skills as someone who can speak in public it means that you have decided to take some steps and that's the most important thing of all we're going to have 12 guest lecturers in the course of our time together i want to share this podium with the likes of demosthenes of athens queen elizabeth i of england martin luther king jr mahatma gandhi abraham lincoln many others They will each be featured in a speech or set of speeches that made a difference to the world and to them, but more important, in my view, speeches which make a point. Speeches which help you understand more clearly, with a vivid example, something about public speaking. And at the same time, I, as the presiding professor who ties these 12 guests together, I'm going to try to be modeling what I think is good public speaking to you all the time. Now, what is my qualification to even be up here in front of this camera? I'm a teacher, and that means that early on in my life I decided it was my mission, in my case, to speak for the past, a past which cannot speak for itself. There are other missions, there are other people, but that's my mission. Early on, I got over stage fright, in a way that we're going to be talking about in a little bit, and I found that I was able to stand up in front of a group and present an explanation of archaeology that I had done or that I had read about others carrying out, trying to explain ancient monuments, ancient cultures, vanished civilizations. This had become my world. I wanted other people to understand it as their world. I was lucky to go to a an elementary school which helped me become an effective public speaker very early in my life to the point where now I think I've probably given, I I did add it up when I was preparing for these lectures, about 2,000 public speaking presentations. Most of them as lectures, as a teacher trying to explain, trying to inform. That's one of the goals of public speaking, to teach uh, along with to persuade, to congratulate, to praise challenge, many others. But mine was mainly about teaching. This school that I went to, this public school, from third grade on, I should give it credit, Green Valley Grade School, New Albany, Indiana, it had a tradition. Every class had to write, produce, and act a play, and every student had to have a speaking part. Well, the result was we all got over stage fright because everybody was in it together. We all had to be up there on the stage in the gymnasium and I can remember the teachers in a row at the back of the gym shouting to us louder, clearer, slower, I can't understand you. You're talking to the front row. You need to be talking to the back row. By the time I graduated from Green Valley Grade School in sixth grade, I, like the rest of my class, had become people who felt comfortable on a stage Felt comfortable talking. I think it's a great sin that this kind of training is.